Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Divorce.Diaries. And I'm your host, Stéphane Jutra. So this week, I have, again, the pleasure to have another special guest on the show. He's a divorce man and also a new fellow podcaster. He is the host of Divorce the First Six Months, and he actually happily accepted to come on my show to tell a bit of, about his story. So without further ado, his name is Peter Maestri, and I hope you enjoy his story as much as I did. First of all, welcome to the Divorce.Diaries. And uh, like I mentioned to you, it's really a pleasure having you on. Usually, I mean, on my podcast, up until now, I would say usually because there's not that many episodes. And uh, up until now, it's been a bit about my story and got a few interviews. But one thing I always wanted to do is also have some uh, other uh, divorce man, divorce dad on the show as well to tell about their stories. So welcome uh, on the show. And uh I was reading a little bit about your story and uh, you sent me a little bit by email and I was also kind of going through your website and your podcast as well, because you also have a podcast, which we'll we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. And uh, I thought it was important. I thought it was a good story to tell. And um, I was happy that you wanted to share with us. And I know that usually, like I said, you have a podcast called Divorce, I think the first six months. Correct. And uh, I know usually it's you... Uh, being the host and people going on your show talking about their own stories. And uh, I'm happy that this time it's about your story. And you just told me a few minutes ago that it's actually the first time you share your story. So I'm, I feel even more honored to have you on the show. <laughs> so thank you again for joining. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being a yes and for also having the the conversation be yours. Because, I mean, as you know, this is not a normal conversation or a common conversation. So the fact that as men, we're having this conversation and the reason I reached out to you too, because you pointed that out was your story is amazing. You know, the way that you embodied making a difference and just, you know, being accountable for your own life and creating something instead of being devastated by it, you know, that spoke to me. And that that's what had me reach out to you and also to pay attention to myself and say, you know, I'm, I'm listening to other people's story, but I'm not sharing mine. Yeah, I think it's important to see... Uh also to, to actually hear also yours because exactly you started your podcast and that's another reason I'm glad you mentioned it that I actually was happy to have you on because I think it's exactly in the same uh, line if you want your podcast as well and I, I actually saw that also on yours so uh, so definitely uh, definitely a very good match and happy for that so the first thing I guess before we we start again I didn't give you a huge intro about you but uh, you sent me a couple of lines in an email telling me a bit about your story initially, but if you don't mind just maybe starting with your story and just telling me a little bit about yourself and uh, well, when it started, how long we were married and, and, and a bit of your story, the divorce and things like that. Well, for me is, um, you know, when I met her, I told her I'm 43 now. And when I met her, I was uh, turning 40 and I would always say, you know, I waited 40 years for you. Cause I it was always to get married once. So I, I didn't get married. I'd haven't had kids um, till this day, I haven't had kids. Okay. And, you know, so it, the whole fantasy, the white picket fence, you know, the, the being the provider and creating an empire together and, and building and enjoying each other every day. That was my dream. So when I met her, it was a fantasy from the day that I met her to the day of the divorce for me, I was living in, in ecstasy because 
it was the perfect wife, the perfect life. You know, I had a stepdaughter, I got a chance to play dad. So there was a lot of things that I thought were working and I was always forthcoming with being in, being in communication. So like when I felt something or when I wanted to create something, I was always being vocal about it. Okay. And when I, you know, when I heard her say, you know, that she didn't know if she loved me, it crumbled my entire world. It, it, it devastated the, the fictional reality of it. How long were you guys married or how long did you, did you know that person? So I knew her for a total of three years. Okay. I met her on September 11th, oddly enough, and okay. <laughs> we moved in together within, um, within six months. She was living in Washington, DC. I was living in California. Okay. You know, we got to, I met her in September and by December we spent Christmas together. And when January came, she said, you know, are we going to commit to each other or not? And I said, I can commit to you for the rest of my life. Like, mm, okay. You know, you have a daughter and I'm being mindful of your daughter and, you know, I've, I've only known her for about a month or two and you know, let's, let's take it how we take it. And she was very clear that she's like, you know, I need to know what my future looks like. because you live so far away. And I said, well, you can move tomorrow if you want, and I'll go pick you up. Mm -hmm. That was January. And then February 2nd, I flew in February 1st at night, picked her up and her daughter. And then we flew with everything that we can stick in all the bags that we had. And February 2nd, we started our lives. Wow. I proposed to her. Um, so for, and then from that point on till the point that I proposed to her, I did videos every week, every time that I worked, you know, asking her to marry me because I knew that she was the one for me, or at least mm -hmm. what I was committed to. And then on our two year anniversary, I proposed to her okay. and we got married 10 days later in a court with the intention of, you know, getting married in front of our friends and relatives mm -hmm. afterward. And then, um, 10 months after that is when she said to me in, in our kitchen, um, I don't know if I love you anymore. And then I asked her, you know, is there anybody else? Obviously. Yeah. And then she said no, which later I found out that there was and that there is. Okay. Wow. But when she said that at that moment, I looked at her and I said, you know, I, um, and I, and I always told her and I always said, um, it over and over again. I said, every day I choose you. Mm -hmm. I don't own you. You're not my property. You're never going to be my property. I'm never going to be yours. But we're, you know, together we're a choice and this is a commitment. Exactly. And all I ask of you is honesty. Like if you're honest with me, I will be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's the only thing. Um, and the reason I said that to her is because my dad was a, a liar. And that was very, very important to me. That was like, yeah, we don't have any lies between us. Yeah. We were together a total of, yeah, three years. Okay. So three years to the day. And, and then the six month process of getting divorced, which is why I started a podcast because in those first six months of the divorce is when I discovered who I was. And I also discovered that divorce was an opportunity. It wasn't, um, a devastation, you know, it's like, I wasn't going to be the cliche. Well, it's a, it's a tough uh, realization to make. I have to say, I, I went through that as well. It, it probably took a little bit of six months, I would say, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, yeah, I think the day that, that you realize that. It's the day that, you know, you start moving forward. And at least for me, that, that was also the same thing. It's, it's easy to say, but uh, it's, it's a very important step to go forward because uh, uh, if not, and I know I, I spent, a, I would say, more, more than that, probably a year or so just kind of uh, close on myself. But you're right, the moment that you kind of uh, sit down and realize that this is an opportunity to start a new opportunity and to take the positive out of it and to go forward. I think that's a, that's a good thing to do. But uh, 
so you you were i guess married and like about six, 10 months after she comes out and say that she doesn't think she loved you she never did she ever give an explanation why or what happened on that front and i mean it was a big move what you said basically the i mean she you guys kind of got married moved together and everything else it's a lot of things to kind of throw away uh, that fast i guess that's what was to this day still um unanswered I never had an answer from her. Okay. And I was very clear with her. I said, you know, I, I'll accept whatever you say, but it'd be great to have an answer. Yeah. What I learned was that I didn't need the answer to move on. Mm -hmm. I just wanted it. And there's a difference between needing something and wanting something. That's true. What I needed from her was, you know, what she told me. Now the, the, what happened was, and, and I think that this is really important for other men or women that when you're going through a divorce, when somebody tells you that they don't know if they want to be with you or they don't know that if they love you, that's one thing mm -hmm. because there's still hope there. Yeah. You can still build off of that because maybe that person is going through something that they don't want to share. There was a lot of things that were going through her life that I didn't, that I didn't understand, or maybe I didn't give it the importance that she was giving it. So you never know, but wanting and needing are two different things. And now what I needed from her was for her to release me. So I looked her in the eye mm -hmm. and I, I said to her, I don't believe that you don't have somebody and I need you to release me. I need you to look me in the face and I need you to tell me that you release me in those yeah. words so that I can start tomorrow knowing that you're not in it because it's important to me that, th that my heart is telling me that there's no hope here right now. And I'm looking at you and I'm asking you things and we had a long conversation and I'm like, you're not giving me any hope. And without hope, I can't survive. And I'm not trying to put pressure on you. If you change your mind, you know, a year from now, I will happily reverse anything that I start. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that I can be inside. I don't think I can create my future if you're still in it. Yeah. You know, you're telling me in one way, you're telling me you don't want to be in it. And then in another way, you're telling me that you don't know. And it's just too wishy-washy. But I, I looked her straight in the face and I go, I'm going to go with what my heart is telling me because I'm going to trust my heart. And my heart's telling me that there's no hope here. And she nodded her head. And then I said it several times. I said it like maybe five or 10 times during the course of like 10 minutes. I'm like, you need to release me. You need mm -hmm. to look at me and you need to release me. And then finally she looked at me. She goes, I release you. And by when she did that in that exact moment, I was able to understand logically, not emotionally, that, okay, that's, this puts the end of the chapter. And now there's a new chapter called discovery. Yeah. And the, the first thing that I did when, when that happened, the very next, then the very next day, cause I was at, um, in the morning and I had the day to kind of go through it. Um, I reached out to my friends who have been divorced and I started asking questions. Mm -hmm. I started asking, you know, what happens next? What do I do? I have no control. I don't know how to manage this. Where do I go from here? And then I just started to collect information. And as I was collecting information, I started reflecting on my relationship. And it was almost like a movie when you do the montage scene and everything goes into slow motion yeah, and you yeah. see that they reverse the whole movie. And I started to notice all the nuances of what was happening in my relationship and my commitment to what I wanted as opposed to what I needed in the relationship. Okay. What I needed was honesty. What I wanted was to stay married. Mm -hmm. I was married to the idea of being married. Yeah. And I loved her and I, I still to this day love her. I don't accept what she did or how I interpreted what she did, but I still love her. I'll never deny myself that. 
because there was something that got me there to that, to that point, to give myself so freely to somebody. And I will never deny myself to contribute that to another woman, to another relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm still a yes to that. It's possible. Yeah. You know, it's just, you have the right partners, you have the right people yeah, yeah. and people come to our lives and out of our lives. And, you know, she just happens to be one, but to answer your, your question, she has never um, said to me anything okay. to the effect of, of what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. She's never spoken to it. She's never. And then once the the divorce was 100% final and everything was said and done, she's never reached out after that. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Going through that. And that's one thing we kind of learned too. And, you know, getting an answer why. And and I've been asking friends too. And, and it's the same thing. Everybody. And it's, I think it's human nature to know. <laughs> You, you, something happens yeah. and you want to know why it happens. And, uh, it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily need it, as you said, right. It's just, you want to know. And maybe because you look back and sometimes it's hard to, to see if, and you feel, I don't know if on your side, if there was some guilt at some point, or when you thought back about the relationship, if you thought, oh, maybe I could have done something better or not, or, or, or so on. But, uh, I think that's the reason of the why, but you're right. At one point, most of the time it, it's an answer you never get. So either you stay there and just try to get that answer as uh, by any means you, you can, or you decide to say, you know what, let's move on and make it better. So yeah, definitely one of the biggest steps to, uh, to make uh, on that one. And I think most of the people, again, if I, if I look at the people I've been uh, talking to and, and as well, like friends and families and they've been through that, it's, it's, uh, it's key to kind of move past that. And it doesn't matter really the reason is just, you know, if it happens and like you said, you went back to ask her to release you in a way and it doesn't matter once that point is passed, then it's, it's up to you to, to, uh, to go forward. So it's definitely up to us mm -hmm. and it's great to chase the why at the beginning, because that's what you cling on yeah. to and you think it's going to give you some kind of freedom but the reality is that even if they tell you, exactly, it's not going to happen. You're still going to, you're going to find something else. Yeah. You know, you're going to blame, you're going to this, you're going to that. Mm -hmm. It's a vicious cycle. And what nobody um, out in the world told me, only the people that had gone through it. Mm -hmm. So the people out in the world were just like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason and yeah. all those, all those sayings. But there was the people that got divorced, the people that had gone through it, they all told me the truth. They said, look, no matter what happens, you're going to be an emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. for the next six months to a year to two years, five years, whatever it is, yeah. until you stop blaming, until you let go, mm -hmm. it's going to be your life forever. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment that you decide, you know what, I'm complete with it. I have closure. You move on. And looking for that answer, looking for the why doesn't give you closure. It's, it's a, it's a fake book. Exactly. It's only puts fire as well. Uh, you know, kind of opens up other, other discussions and thoughts. So it's, yeah. it's really enough for the closure. But one thing you mentioned, and also one thing that, uh, I thought with the non-married or non-divorced people, uh, you know, they always ask and I mean, they're there to give and give support and everything. But I think one thing that I got from my friends, I went through that and that is hard to believe at the, at the beginning is like you said, it will, it might take time, but it gets better. And, uh, whatever happens as you know, you can go as low as you want, it will eventually get better. And I think that's something that 
uh, at the beginning is hard to understand when you place in those situations and when everything is negative, when you don't know why, when, when you're, you know, your life basically changes for at the time the worst. But uh, the good thing, and for me at least, uh, it's something that kept me going was knowing that and knowing that hopefully, I was hopeful, but I was like, hopefully we'll get better and people will tell me that. It's like, you know what, like you said, it might take a couple months, a year, whatever, but it will get better eventually. And I think it's something I learned and uh, something that keep repeating. And it's hard to hear at the beginning. I don't know about you, but, you know, when you go through that and people again go to you and say, you know what, uh, you're suffering now, but it will get better. It's sometimes it's hard to believe that, but it, it's it's a point that keeps you going. There's no way of understanding or believing it when you're in it, yeah. because you know until you go through it. It's but it's like the closest that I've come to this personal relationship was um, death. So it's the same experience as death. Uh-huh. You know when when you lose someone, that, especially somebody that you care about. Yeah. There's that the first week of wow, is this really real? And the person's not there. And then there's the second week and then the third week. And then, you, you know, it just slowly life starts coming back together again. But what has you begin your life is accepting. Mm-hmm. So once you accept it, it's like something new happens. And I, from all the research that I've done inside of divorce, because I, I, the reason that I started that podcast was because of my research. Yeah. Of the, the resources that were out there weren't adequate for me. Exactly. Like there, there wasn't anything that was telling me like, look, this is what's going to happen. This mm-hmm. is how you deal with it. Yeah. It was just like, you had to go piecemeal it. And then a lot of it was lawyers having podcasts, which God bless them. They give out great information, mm-hmm. but the emotional side for me was missing. The conversation that you and I are having right now was missing. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we had talked about that a little bit before too. And, and it was, it was exactly the same thing for me too. Uh, I was, I mean, you go out there and you try to look for information and there's all the practical information is out there. You can find anything about, you know, what do you want, what do I do with my house? How do I do a, uh, you know, custody for kids, uh, draft the agreement and things like that. But uh, finding information about maybe like, how am I supposed to feel and uh, what do I do next? And, and the thought that you have and at that level too, there was nothing out there and, and, and nothing about true experience of people going through and talking about not just uh, the practical way, but also uh, the feeling, because this is a whole journey where you have different types of feeling for years. And sometimes those feelings stay for forever, even in the back uh, of your head. So I was the same way too. I was looking out and I couldn't find, actually couldn't find anything about it. And that's also the reason why I decided to, uh, to start uh, the podcast here to hopefully find people like you and other people that have similar thoughts and and see where we can go from there but uh, and it's also i think i don't know about you but you know as men as well and i mentioned that many times before is is often uh, you know talk about feelings and how you are and things like that it doesn't come up naturally i guess so that also that's another reason why it's probably hard to find some information but how how, how did it go for you like you said you reached out to your friends and and talk about them uh, maybe people going through the same thing were they uh, were they willing to open up and talk about about those things oh my god yeah I found it was an uh, it was like a, a dripping faucet that soon turned into like a flowing okay. faucet so <laughs> it's like anything in life yeah. so my divorce is was an opportunity for me mm-hmm. I became the best version of myself as a result of the divorce yeah. and the reason was because I started looking at where I was missing things mm-hmm. 
like where was I empty? And I started filling that up. Okay. I started looking at like me as a person, like where am I, where's, where are my commitments? Where are my values? Yeah. Where do I want to be in, in five years and in 10 years? I'm the type of person that projects. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking to the future to create the, the present, right? Yeah. Cause you can look at the horizon, but wherever you're walking towards, that's, that's the journey. Mm-hmm. That's life. So that ha- opened up for me and I was like everything mm-hmm. out of people talking, out of researching, out of learning about what everybody did. I was able to get a, a nice base, which is like, okay, I have no control of my emotions. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be that. And I go, and it's just going to happen. Yeah. And there's going to be, there's going to be certain trigger points. So I was never a person that was sad. You, I wasn't a person that would cry or anything like that. And when, when I went through my divorce, I cried mm-hmm. and I learned about sadness. I learned to embrace sadness. I think my biggest discovery inside of my divorce was, was sadness and just allowing it to be, allowing it to, to exist, not making it wrong, not making it something that I wanted to deny on the contrary. So whenever I was sad, I, I had, um, I created coaches. So I created um, several people that I can call and I, I spoke to them and I said, hey, you know, I really need to know that I can count on you while I go through this. And I need to know that I can call you whenever. I'm not going to exhaust you because I have other people that I'll talk to. But, you know, you're the type of person that's a yes. You're always going to agree with me. So whenever I want to be so, have somebody that agrees with me, I'm going to call you. Mm-hmm. And then I set up coaches. So whenever I was sad and I would call them, I would understand the sadness. So one, they would allow me to vent, right? Just speak. But I was also very mindful of, okay, if I'm speaking for more than 10 minutes, like it's just gossip at that point. And I wasn't interested. So I would speak to them and then I would ask them, I'm like, okay, what do you hear? You know, and then they would tell me what they, what they heard. Mm -hmm. They would be like, I see this, I see that. And then you start to decompartmentalize what you think is happening in your life, what you think is occurring and what you think is, is going to affect you. And that's fascinating. And the reason that that's fascinating is because you're a science project, right? So at that point you start observing yourself and you start realizing like what works and what doesn't work. And what I was realizing was that what works for me is to be playful, to have fun, Mm -hmm. to be self-expressed and that, you know, being righteous or being, um, yeah, being righteous, like, you know, being like, oh, you know, she's wrong and I'm right. It didn't work for me. So, and that's where I discovered that she has the right to do what she does. Uh-huh. So she did whatever she did. She made a choice. I accepted and I gave her the freedom in myself. There's, there was nothing to do or give to her. You know what I mean? It was all for me. Yeah. I gave her the right that she had the choice to be with me or not. And that she chose not to be with me. Mm-hmm. And my last words to her in person were, you know, I looked at her and I just said, you know, I don't choose you anymore. Yeah. And that was it. In the, you know, we had several conversations after that, but the last like real conversation, the, the last real interaction with, with each other as, as a couple was like, I don't choose you anymore. Mm-hmm. I always told her throughout our entire relationship. I'm like, you know, I would joke around and I would tell her in the morning, I'll tell you today, I choose you. Yeah. And that would continue. So for me, that was my closure. That was my, all right, that let's end this. I'm like, I don't choose you anymore. I'm going to, I choose me and I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, it's an opportunity. Divorce became an opportunity. I became the MVP of my team and I'm super grateful for it. And I've met several people like yourself, Stefan, that have created, we've taken the fire and and shaped it Mm -hmm. into something 
you know, fuel and we're communicating with other people. And as a Latin man, I've been, um, shame is a big deal in the male Latin community. Yeah. And my own family, like I had, I had some family members that were shaming me behind closed doors. So when I came out on social media and I started my podcast and all of that, I took that away from them in my head. And maybe, maybe I didn't, but in my head is like, you know what? I'm not ashamed of yeah, this. Yeah. I will not apologize for what somebody else does mm -hmm. and has the right to do. Yeah. And that's no longer an option anymore. And I'm going to go and talk about it and I'm going to, I'm going to share what I know and I'm going to. I'm going to, you know, shine a light on other people's stories because at the end of the day, we have nothing to be ashamed of no. and we have the right, like people have the right to be with somebody or not be with somebody. A divorce is, is something is, you know, declaration of saying, Hey, the contract that we made is no longer valid. Yeah. Let's move on. I mean, I think you you said it right too about the choice, right? I think the moment you start realizing, and we talk about divorce and marriage, staying with someone, but it applies to so many things in life, but when you realize that people have choices and you want, at least for me, <laughs> I mean, I want someone to be with me because they choose me and because they want to be with me, not because they have to, or because we're married or because, uh, you know, whatever reason. I mean, and like you said, the moment, and it's a very important point after that too, I went through something similar. And the moment I realized that you and everybody else have a choice that you can make and uh, there's no control over the people's choice. I mean, they might decide anything. The, the, the key at the end is to respect that. And uh, it's hard to take sometimes when it comes uh, during a relationship or marriage. But like, like you mentioned before, I would rather someone to tell me that they don't choose me and just move on than having someone that either doesn't choose me, doesn't love me, doesn't want to be with me, but is with me because we're married or is with me because of the kids or is with me because of money. So um, I think that's a, an important thing to keep in mind. And I think that that's really important. It's like, it's everything, you know, you have to have a foundation and if your foundation is solid, yeah. then you can move forward. You know, there's a, there's a quote that I, I started collecting quotes as a, um, my daily reminder. Like I would, I would look for things that would generate fuel for me. Uh -huh. uh, there was two quotes. One of them was, uh, weak people revenge, strong people forgive and intelligent people ignore. Mm -hmm. And there was something about that, that gave me just, it was like, wow, okay, I got it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you blame somebody, you know, and you point the finger at them, that finger is connected to the arm oh, that's yeah. connected to your heart. For sure. Basically you're blaming yourself. There's something that, that you're not dealing mm -hmm. with. Absolutely. If right. you're not dealing with it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go any, anywhere. Exactly. And, uh, and there was another yeah. quote that was, um, um, be with somebody that looks at you like if they won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice quote. That one I like actually. And that quote filled my heart mm -hmm. with hope. I was like, that's possible. Yeah. Uh, that's the person that I want to be with because when I, when I created her every day till the last day, I create, I meant it was like, I won the lottery. Mm -hmm. I won the lottery. Like I'm, I was like, everything about her was fascinating. I was so enthralled and curious and, and wanting to build and, and, you know, and be there and be vulnerable and be courageous and provide. And like, all those things were amazing. And we created a lot inside of our, uh, our time together, mm -hmm. but I, I, I would never in a, in a million years would have thought that when it ended, I wouldn't have her friendship. Yeah. And I think that that's the part that hurts the most because 
when you're an adult, you can, you can disagree. You can, you know, debate. Like I have friends that in politics, one person chooses another one. And, and you know, we wear our politics like a Jersey, like going to a football game, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm the Jets, they're the Dolphins or whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be that way. You're adults. Yeah. Like I don't, I never understood why when we finish something that we started so beautiful, why does it have to end in, in an ugly way? It's like, it can be beautiful as well. It's going to be like, you know what? I, I cherished my time with you and I wish you well. Mm -hmm. And my heart just doesn't love you anymore. Yeah. And I can, I could have accepted that. I mean, I accepted everything, but I mean, if I would have had that ending, I could have still maintained the friendship or I still wanted to maintain the friendship. And I wish that that would have been available because I really do. I, I thought she was, you know, uh, an amazing person. She made me feel things and she made me look at things that, I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always drive on the road and I would never see the colors on the trees. Yeah. When she would get in the car, she's like, look at that color on the tree. Look at the color on the tree. And when I drive now, I see all the colors yeah. that the road has to offer. I see the trees, I see the forest, I see everything and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the way you take it. I mean, I say that often to friends and people actually going through it at the moment is, you know, a lot of times they ask me, uh, so do you, because my, my divorce uh, uh, hasn't been going that well and it was a long process and everything and pretty painful. But uh, a lot of people always ask, so do you regret those years and you regret that? And uh, the first, right away, I always say, absolutely not, because definitely there was good moments. And like you said, right, uh, it was uh, many years and it was kind of op it opened my eyes and on many, many things too. And I became a better person through that, I think. And I would not change anything about it. If I had to redo it again, I would go through it again because as painful as maybe it was because it's part of who I am now and I grew better and, and, and learned a lot from that. Obviously also with the, the children, you know, I got beautiful children out of that too. So, and same as you mentioned, would I have chosen the ending differently and maybe stay like on speaking terms and better relationship, of course, uh, that would have helped everybody. I would say it's not a regret, but that's what I wished would have happened. I, I mean, on my side, a bit of the difference was, I think both sides of feelings were kind of pretty much gone. And, and I think it would have been possible to stay as maybe as friends or at least like in a friendly uh, <laughs> manners uh, together. But since maybe uh, the way it happened on your side and let's say if one side still has some feelings or do you think it would still be able to stay friends and it would have, it would have worked out uh, that way? Oh, for yeah. sure. For okay. sure. I, I don't know if it's me as the type of human being that I am. There was nothing aside from her not wanting to be with me. I don't have anything negative to say. Yeah. The one thing I want to be clear on is like, I'm, I'm painting a, a picture of my perspective. Yeah, for sure. She did do things. There were, there were things that I could have done. Like I, like I have, I could be justified in being angry, yeah. but it, but it's not going to help me heal. Yeah, for sure. So I just, it's, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I noticed from everybody that had been divorced around me is that the longer that they kept blaming the other person or make, give, they gave the other person power. So the moment that I stopped blaming her for the divorce, yeah. I took that power back. Mm -hmm. And I can easily be in a conversation with her right now yeah. and I can easily talk to her and, and I would ask her and I, I have no shame. I would, I would ask her, I would say like, well, how come you don't, you know, why didn't you tell me the truth? Yeah. Why did you stay hidden? Why did you not communicate with me mm -hmm. after we, you know, we separated? What was it? 
And she's going to say whatever she's going to say. I'm sure she has an interpretation that's justified as well. Yeah. And maybe but, sometimes you're, I think it's a matter too of being, I know some, some friends and some people, sometimes there's just a question of being a bit ashamed too, right? I mean, you go through that yeah. and it's hard after that to kind of keep communication open with someone when uh, you're the one that decided to leave or end a relationship and you feel bad or ashamed. So some, some people decide to just shut down, I guess, and just say, you know what, that's the easiest way just to shut down for them. But I agree with you. I, again, I have some good friends who I'm pretty envious because they were married and got through a divorce and, and still friends to this day. And, uh, you know, I look at them yeah. and still talk and everything is going, is going well on that front. And, and sometimes I, I wish that, but again, there's a purpose for everything and uh, there's a learning and everything. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so you take the good and, and that, and at least, uh, once all this is over, even if you didn't keep the communication, but at least if everybody was able to kind of move on, it's at least a little win. So, Yeah, definitely a, a win. And sharing it is a win. Yeah. Because I, I find that this conversation that I'm having with you and the conversations that I have outside of this, they're all, each one of them is another seed planted yeah. where somebody can get something. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody can hear it and say, oh, wow, you know what? I don't have to... Be, I don't have to go through pain. Yeah. I don't have to hate the person. Mm. The more that we can put out there, you know, messages that make a difference instead of the messages that, yeah, that, that are out there. Exactly. At least the ones that I found that were just like, you know, this is what you got to do. You got to take up the list and you got to, you got to log every single <laughs> uh, conversation and you got to do it. Rah, rah, rah. And especially with like, the lawyers, like, yeah. like even the legal process, mm -hmm. I didn't personally use a lawyer, yeah. but I did communicate with several lawyers and interviewed, I interviewed more than 20 lawyers. Okay. And what I found was like, I don't want to be represented by somebody that is already telling me that this is going to get ugly. Like it doesn't have to get ugly. No, they were all saying the same information. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're in agreement with her, then this is going to go easy. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, all there is is the paperwork to file. So if we agreed on everything, then the lawyers would not, not provide the, you know, the extra cost. Yeah. And we did. I wrote down every single thing from the dishes all the way down to the toilet papers. Like okay. <laughs> pre-COVID, the toilet paper didn't have the value. Yeah, I know. It has I know now. It would be a different story for sure. Yeah. So, but we wrote down. We wrote down everything. We sat down for an hour and we talked about literally every single thing. I asked her what did she want, mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that I was coached on by my my friends that had experience with divorce that are still friends with their their exes yeah. and they still co-parent and do all of that stuff. And they said to me, you know, ask them what they want. Like, don't fight for what you want. Ask what they want. And I realized that by asking her what she wanted, I was going to give her more. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to give her more. And, and it took away the fire of her wanting to like be, you know, mean to me mm -hmm. or, or at least that's what I believe. Because there was nothing to hide. It was kind of like, all right, we talked about everything. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Take that. All right. You want this? All right, great. I even helped her move. Mm -hmm. Cause I kept, I kept the house. It was part of the agreement. She kept the business. Okay. I, you know, I packed the bed up. She rented the truck and between her and I, we moved their stuff into her friend's that's house. Good. I, I mean, the problem is when greed gets into it. And I think that's, that's the thing, right? And uh, that's the thing. Yeah. one side becomes greedy. And, uh, and it's funny you mentioned about the lawyers because I went through the same thing too. At the beginning, I went through a bunch of lawyers and, and uh, I would say there's kind of two types of lawyer. There's one, there's a, one type I've seen that they, they're like, you know what, tell me what you want. We'll fight for it. And, you know, we'll get whatever you want at, at any cost. 
And uh, there's the other type that I met and this lady that uh, actually got their service for that. And she's like, you know what? I'm not that type of lawyer. I'm the type of lawyer that will get you, you know, what you, you should get and be fair. And yeah. that's what kind of won me on that front because this is exactly it. It's like at the end of the day, you know, I just wanted to be fair. And uh, I think that's if that would have happened. And I think that would have been probably a good thing and I probably still talk. But the problem is when at one point people become greedy and like you said, right, you kind of look on your side and, and uh, yeah, that's when it becomes maybe a, a bit, a bit uglier, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a friend of mine that went through um, a divorce procedure and he ended up spending three quarters of a million dollars oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was drawn out over the course of several years and it was his, his ex was being vicious yeah even to the point of using the kids as a weapon yeah. and it was disgusting and it wasn't needed. And in the, in the end, you know, he was still going to provide, he didn't want the, them to fail, yeah. but it was vicious and, and the, and it was the lawyers that caused the majority of that to happen. It was like, that's an absorbent amount of money to separate. Yeah. You know, you could have put that in a trust, given it to the kid. I don't but care that's if you're exactly you know, 750,000, that's a lot of money. <laughs> And it's something stupid. Like, uh, I think, you know, we're all smart people. And, and that was exactly my first reaction. It's like, if you look at the end of the, of the whole process, how much money you spent to basically come pretty much back to what originally was discussed. So it was a lot of money wasted to the lawyers, which could have been split it in yeah. two. And, and it's funny because I, the, the next podcast that's coming out is about money that I, and I actually touch upon a bit about that is, is all the money wasted on that, which, you know, if you actually sit down and come up to somehow an agreement, I mean, that money could have been used for like split in two and a lot of big chunk of money to be used for a house, be used for anything else. Right. But uh, the problem yeah. is the emotions get in the way and greed and you don't think. And until after the fact, when you sit down and realize, like you said, right, $750,000, I mean, that's I mean, an insane amount that's, for what, really? Did they, who won at the and end, they right? never told you It was the lawyers doing all the talking. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Lawyers charging you for listening to you about what you want to say, uh, what the other person said, communicating what the other person said, and then what, what you want to say and what the strategy is. Yeah. That's three times that they're getting paid for the same information. Yeah, yeah. That was the one thing that I got a lot of coaching on before I did it. And it's super important. So anybody that's listening, put your differences aside. Yeah. Divorce is not personal. It's a business. It's a business transaction. Mm -hmm. So you need to come to an agreement. If the person wants everything, it still might be cheaper to do that than to go through, you know, spending all the money. So weigh your facts, yeah. do three lists, yeah. you know, do what you want, what, what they want. And then what the compromise is and sit down with the person and be like, look, we started with love. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's end, you know, fair. And if they don't want to be fair, you know what, give them what they want, but make a list of everything. If they don't want to talk to you, send them the list in a PDF document, you know, write out everything that you want, create a checkbox. Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you can so and then so that you don't have to be confronted or go through all this paperwork, yeah. which is completely, it's just one person after another putting their hand in your pocket that doesn't need to be, that's taking advantage. It's like, the, for me, like one of the things that are that I find the, the hardest was I lost um, my grandmother recently, not recently, but within the, the, the last decade. And the hardest part was being in the funeral home and having the people sell me a casket according to her, the color of her shirt. Yeah. That was an extra $4,000. And I look at the lady and I said, I would, just because I lost her doesn't mean that you can 
take advantage. Like what you're doing is like, it's just wrong what you're doing. Like we had, we had paid for it 10 years in advance and they were just trying to make an extra five or $6,000. And I looked at her and I'm like, you know, that's, everything's been handled. She chose everything that's on that list. I'm not changing it Mm -hmm. as a result of the color of her dress. Like, are you serious? I'm like, well, we don't make that casket anymore. I'm like, who are you? Like, how do you take advantage? And I'm like, I'm not that great. You know what I mean? I I wasn't lost, but I can imagine somebody sitting in that chair being sold a casket. Of course, that I would say yes, because they think that that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's when people are vulnerable, right? That's the thing, right? Yeah, divorce. You're you're the most vulnerable and you should be guided. You shouldn't be... Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be told or, or taken advantage of. And I'm not saying that, that lawyers do that, but, but there is a lot of misinformation and people who are experts inside of filing paperwork that treat you in a way where you don't know. And instead of educating you and, and guiding you and, and it being a safe, safe spot, it's sometimes nerve wracking. Yeah. You're, you're in a very vulnerable state of mind and you're not informed and it's not your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. So the, if I can tell anything to the audiences and what I try to advocate to everybody is be clear that if you communicate with your ex or soon to be ex, that that process is going to be better for you than if you put your faith in somebody that you don't even know who's, you know, it's who that's a job for. It's not a job. I think that's the best advice. And I mean, I can second that. <laughs> and again, there's people, uh, I'm sure the same on your side. There's a lot of friends I know that that talked through it and, and came together with, with agreement. And definitely they're the best person to know what's needed. And, and at the end of the day, you save on everything. You save on the sanity of both of them. You hopefully still talk and uh money wise as well you know it's like that money is used for things that it should be used for because i mean divorce even beside beside lawyers divorce divorces are 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 expensive and and i mean any dollar that you can have and use for uh other things like you know you suddenly have to maybe pay support payment maybe find a new place to live and things like that so on top of that if you can save all the big chunk of money and be reasonable and yeah but the problem is, I think, and it's 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 an emotional moment, and emotions often get into that into that, and that's what ruins everything. I think then, yeah, that's the that's the major issue. Yeah, and it's not emotional. You can't like you're not gonna get anywhere if it, no. if you make it emotional. No, it's a business <laughs> transaction. You legally got you have a piece of paper that says you're married. There's a an infrastructure with the court system, depending on where you're living. Like there's laws. Like for me, I live in California and we got married in California. So it was six months mandatory that you have to stay married while you're in the the process of getting divorced. Yeah. And then there's other things that you gotta do. And you know, so it's just it's step by step by step. Learn the steps, yeah. embrace the steps, don't argue with the steps, don't, you know, fight the steps educate like i i educated her i I let her know like there was one point where we did um legal aid which is a free service that's available in in most courthouses yeah and and i said to her look i'm gonna go get educated on what the process is you know would you like to do that Mm -hmm. and everything that i did i would always tell her up front like even to the point where we did the notary the final notary for the final stipulations for before the judge signs it and i went through a paralegal to set up my paperwork or our paperwork and I, when we got to the point, I said to her, all right, let's meet up. We're going to get it notarized and we're going to be done. So I, I, I had her meet me at um, a UPS store where they did notary. And when she showed up, she was like, 
you know, confronted. And I looked at her and I said, you know, sign here, 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 and here, mm-hmm. which was probably even more confronting. And she goes, you know, I don't feel comfortable. And I, instead of arguing with her and mind you, I had to be at work, I had to leave for work in 10 minutes. So I had it all scheduled and I only had that window of time. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I said, well, well, here's, here's the deal. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Now, mind you, this is the final signature. This is the final nail in the coffin, right? We've already agreed on everything. She knew exactly what she was getting into. Mm-hmm. And I said, you don't feel comfortable. I go, well, what will make you feel comfortable? And she goes, I don't know. I thought there was going to be somebody here that was going to talk to me. And I said, well, what if you go to the paralegal's office? Would that suffice? Would that make you feel comfortable? She said, yes. And I said, what if she guided you through everything so that you understand it? And she said, yes. I go, that's going to cost more money and I'm willing to pay it. But as long as you understand that the choices you're making are your choices and that I'm not infringing anything upon you, these are all things that we've agreed on. Mm -hmm. And she went that afternoon and with, it took an extra four hours, but she signed it. But can you imagine how that could have gone? If I would have just been like, you told me that if I would have been right, it would have been totally disruptive. And I wanted to do all those things, but there was no, there was no cheese down that tunnel. I was not going to win that conversation. And ultimately all she wanted was to feel comfortable in knowing that she was signing legal paperwork correctly. And And that was it. And that was, so I addressed the concern instead of my thoughts of, Mm -hmm. of, you know, who she was or what she should do. And it worked out. And I did that continuously. And I think that I'm repeating that to you now, because I think if your audience is listening, it's, there's nothing more important than understanding what the person and what you want. Mm -hmm. And I had a strategy going into my, my divorce. I mapped it out. So I knew any conversation that I was going to have, it was like playing chess. I knew three different ways that I can go. And I ultimately, every, every time that I made a decision, I always stood in love yeah. and in hope. Mm-hmm. I hope that the hope that, w- that me being good to her, she would continue the process of being good to yeah. me and that I was always prepared. I knew what she needed to sign. I knew when she needed to sign it. I knew when things were going to be finalized. I knew when we had to turn in, um, you know, our assets. I knew, I knew everything because I studied it. I learned it and I asked for advice. I didn't do things by myself. When I did things by myself, I it, it didn't go good. And I think, yeah, I can even second that because uh, that's one thing that I would change going through the divorce is, is that, is um, kind of going, I wouldn't say blindly, but um, being more prepared at the beginning and kind of, like you said, treat that part a bit more as a, a contract and a, a, a business uh, process. And um, yeah. I wasn't too informed and... and that's also why it kind of took a bit of time. And now looking back, definitely, I mean, I'll talk about maybe getting a lawyer at the beginning, but legal advice at least, and to have a plan. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, having a plan, and it's not a, it's not a plan to basically kind of, uh, you know, try to get everything from the other side, or it's not a bad thing. It's just knowing where to go, what to do, and you save a lot of time, you save a lot of money, and a lot of arguments, like you said, right? Just the fact that you know where you're going. I mean, there's a lot of arguments that can be saved, and so at the end, everybody is comfortable, and you didn't waste uh, this amount of time and uh, and pain as well to go through this process. So, Yeah, and it's simple. It's it's super, you know, it doesn't have to be heavy. It's, yeah. you know, it's like going, it's one, it's like you're hungry. What do you want? Do you want fast food? Do you want a restaurant or do you want to make food? Mm-hmm. And then the person's going to answer you yeah. and you adapt. But if you don't ask the questions, you're not going to know what to do. And if you start telling people what to do, I mean, I don't know about you, but every time somebody has told me what to do, it doesn't go no. well. <laughs> it doesn't go well. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's human nature, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to be told what no. to do, especially when it's it's such a volatile situation. Yeah. You're you're in a situation where nobody's comfortable, you know? And if you have kids, like I didn't have a kid, but my stepdaughter to me was she was my kid yeah. in, in a lot of ways, you know, I, and I would always tell her, I go, look, I'm not your dad, but I'm committed to you winning this game of life. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to coach you. You're playing on the court, but I'm going to coach you. Yeah. I'm going to coach you. Like if you were, you know, you were my daughter, because I love you mm -hmm. regardless of whatever's happening. I love you. And, and that's, you know, that's another one that I really miss. I, I wish I would have maintained that. That's a question also that might be interesting to even people out there. Like, so a lot of relationship you might have stepkids and things so are you still in contact with uh i'm not no? okay and i i wish things would have been different yeah. the door was always left open um with me you know i was always a contribution to her i i always gave to her selflessly and i was always available mm -hmm. my favorite time and i would tell her my favorite time was picking her up from school and dropping her off at yeah. school yeah because it was the moment where where you know it was most of the times it was just her and i in the car and there was no, um, you know, there was no pretense. That's it was right. just like full self-expression, especially picking her up from, from school. Mm -hmm. But when um, the divorce was over, um, yeah, no, there wasn't. There wasn't. Even. There wasn't and there hasn't been. And I didn't initiate it because she's not my child. Yeah, course, and, yeah. and if the mother's not communicating with me or wanting my friendship, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if it's justified or not, but I just respected the space and if she ever communicated with me, if she ever reached out, I would 100% accept her phone call, 100% accept her friendship yeah. and nurture it because that, she's a child. Yeah, At the end of the day, she's a child, you know, and, and I enjoyed her company. She made me feel things that, that you know, are, are amazing. Yeah. Like I, you know, I felt like I was contributing to a mind that was molding, I was helping, assisting, contributing, like nurturing, all these things that were foreign to me that I had never experienced. I got to experience with her and it felt amazing. So um, I'm super uh, grateful that she was in my life and, oh, I'm sure. and I hope that she's doing good. And I hope that one day maybe, you know, she, she reaches out one day. Yeah, I personally won't, like I said, I think out of respect for the mom. Um, if the mom wanted it, she would have stayed in communication with me. Um, yeah, I understand. And I, I, I think I would have probably done the same thing too as well. And you're absolutely right. And again, when she gets, uh, I don't know how she is, but when she gets older, she might decide by herself, you know, maybe to get in contact again and, uh, and, uh, see, but yeah, that's a part that's a bit, might be a bit difficult because obviously, you know, they're not your biological kids, but still you spend yeah. all this time together. I mean, when you have kids, like in my case, the kids are shared or they live with one or the other. Uh, mm -hmm. but with stepkids, it's, it's always, I assume it's, I haven't gone through that, but always a bit, uh, probably a lot uh, more difficult because of that. And, uh, yeah, you don't only kind of lose communication or lose like the, your your partner your spouse or, uh, but also the kids too so yeah that's a process and i know that yeah it is she's, it um, is for sure she's 16 now yeah she's in that age yeah. but you know yeah we all went through it we all go through it and yeah i hope that one day she'll hope i hope so uh, and if it doesn't happen it's like all right well you know i did my best uh, yeah and uh, yeah exactly you did your best and you got a lot of positive out of it too and i think uh, a lot of good uh, experience and memories and and times there so i mean those those still stay there so that's already a win too oh man that and that's really important with the memories mm -hmm. like the one thing that that people should be aware of that is an option for them is 
if you stay in the same house, like I stayed in, in the same house, I go to the same places that I would go to with her. So all the memories that I had are all built around the community that I live in. Yeah. And it's really important that you make new memories. Mm -hmm. Like the house for me doesn't represent the relationship. It's just walls. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I did whatever I did. I've redecorated, but there's still things that are still there that when she was here, mm -hmm. they just don't have the same significance. So if you are in that situation, build new memories. Don't deny yourself going to the ice cream place because you went to that ice cream place with them. Yeah. Don't deny yourself going to the grocery store that you used to go to or the aisle, the special aisle where you always had a moment. Like, mm -hmm. don't deny yourself those. Go build new memories. And literally, like, I would take friends of mine and, and I would go on field trips and build new memories on purpose. And it's like, I'm building a new memory. It's okay. Yeah. And embrace the ones that you had that you enjoyed. Like the shitty ones, leave them shitty, mm -hmm. but the ones that you enjoy, yeah. embrace them, remember them, allow them to exist inside of you. Just don't give them the power to to chase why. Because the moment you start going down why, you know, that's that's not good. Exactly. And nobody can take them away too. That's where the part, you know, that you leave with and uh, <laughs> they'll be there forever. So, so that's a good part. Well, yeah. wow, it's already uh, almost an hour and it's an amazing discussion. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, really yeah. grateful and uh, happy that, uh, that we talked today. I mean, I, I wanted to keep a few. Uh, first of all, thank you again for sharing your story. It, it's really, uh, you know, an amazing story. And I think a lot of people out there will relate to it and will take a lot of good, uh, uh, good things, good points out of it and good tips as well. And so, I mean, seeing... You know what you went through and how you are now and even through all this uh, you came out stronger and 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 with a bunch of projects and uh, that's really amazing uh, um so talk about project i wanted before i let you go just to talk a bit more about your podcast because i listened to some of your podcasts uh some of the episodes really an amazing podcast so really i encourage everybody to go and listen to them and and hear other stories uh, some amazing stories as well that uh, that you have on there and uh, very easy to listen to and, and insightful and, and really, really well done. I think the first episode you had on your podcast was actually your mom. And yes. yeah, it, it was really, really a nice episode too. So yeah, so I really invite everybody to, uh, to go listen to it. It's just uh, called The Divorce, The First Six. And I, again, I'll put all the information on my website. I don't know if you want to add anything. How, I know there's a, do you have a website, www.divorcethefirstsix.com? And that's the, that's the website yeah. and then that leads you to that leads you to everything to the whole world okay. and the only thing is you know like yourself it's like anybody that's that is going through a divorce has gone through a divorce and wants to you know share your story mm -hmm. like reach out to Safan reach out to me mm -hmm. this conversation should be explored and you should share it with people because you know, when you relate to one person, you relate to them one way, but when you relate to someone else, you might relate. So, exactly. you know, find the person that, that you feel is going to share your story. Like I reached out to Stefan because I think, and, and thank you Stefan for having this platform is the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you speak, like the podcast that you have with your daughter, like you're just a very genuine person and it's very fulfilling to, and safe to have this conversation with somebody like yourself, because I don't know you, but I can tell that you're a good person. I appreciate oh, it. <laughs> I try and uh, the same, like, like you, you're right. You know, you, I get, I talk to people, get guests and things. And sometimes exactly, uh, I think, uh, you know, hearing your story and podcasts and everything else is a lot of things in common. And, and I mean, I would love to maybe be part of your show at some point too, definitely. And share my story. Uh, I talk a bit about it on my podcast, but uh, definitely uh, after what I've listened to, it's a, uh, 
it's also an amazing platform on your side. So, so that would be, that would be a lot of fun. That would be an honor to have you on my show. That would be fantastic. Well, I'm sure we'll arrange that. That's not, uh, <laughs> we can definitely do that. Um, so I guess uh, that will be it for today. I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us. A lot of people will enjoy it and appreciate it. And anybody out there, if you have any comments, uh, questions, feel free to reach out to me at uh, divorce.diary at gmail.com. And again, go on uh, Peter's uh, website, Divorce. Uh, the first six.com go there and have a listen to uh, to his podcast and if you have any questions or anything you have all his information there and you have all my information on my what on my uh, website as well so feel free thank you peter it was uh, really a pleasure and uh, i would enjoy to have you again at one point and it's an amazing perspective and i'm really happy that uh, you're the first uh, i guess divorce man on my on my show Oh, you're very welcome, man. I'm a yes to uh, any invitation that you extend or and however I can be of service to you and your cause. That would be great. And for sure, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll be back. So I guess we'll talk later and uh, have a great week. And that's all for this week. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or even suggestions, please don't hesitate to send me an email at divorce.diaries at gmail.com. And as always, I can be reached uh, on Facebook. I have a Facebook page that you can join and post on there if you want. Uh, the Divorce Dad Diaries. Also, I have a Twitter account if you prefer. You can reach out to me there or Instagram as well. So please don't hesitate. And also, if you uh, want to be the first ones to be notified for the next episode, you can go on your favorite uh, podcast platform on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, pretty much everywhere and you can subscribe to my podcast so that way if you subscribe you'll get a notification uh, for all the next episodes also if you don't mind spending maybe uh, a minute or two you can also leave uh, a rating and a comment as well a review on itunes uh, or spotify or uh, again whichever platform you use that will be really really appreciated so i hope you all have a nice week and also everybody stay safe and i'll see you all in the next episode take care bye bye